glory and the sharp contrast revealed how sinful and how unworthy he was. Now, in our gospel passage, Simon in this passage encountered Jesus and his experience again revealed in his own words how unworthy and how sinful he was. Like Isaiah, when Simon caught a glimpse of God's glory, he was terrified. He broke down, went on his knees, and he cried, Go away from me, Jesus. Go away from me, Lord. I am not worthy to be in your presence. The shiny, awesome theophany, the manifestation of God and the presence of the Lord was too much for him. So he said to the Lord, Go away. From me. In my previous circuit, I regularly visited an elderly lady. Uh, bless her, she has passed on to glory now. A house was spotless. One of those homes where you get there, you don't know what to do. She had this very fluffy, shiny, bright, clean carpet. Each time I visited, I would insist to take off my shoes before stepping on her carpet. But Marion, bless her, she would say, no, Lansford, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Walk right in with your shoes. This carpet is cleaned daily. In the same way, for me that day, I never wanted to step on that shiny carpet. It was too clean for me to put my shoes on it. But for Marion, no. Come in with your shoes. In the same way, Simon Peter never wanted to step on holy ground, never wanted to be in the shiny presence of the almighty God. He felt unworthy, but Jesus said to him, don't worry, don't worry, don't be afraid. Come to me with your shoes on, no need to take that shoes, come to me just the way you are, come and follow me. That one call reassured and restored a broken Simon Peter. By responding to that call, Peter was transformed. There was a transformation in his life and his confession later on in his ministry. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Eventually became the rock on which the church was built. You see, throughout scriptures, we see that human sin, human failure, human inadequacy are no obstacle for God's call. God calls imperfect people to do his work. People who are aware of their own unworthiness, people who are aware of their own inadequacy, people who often doubt and resist God's call. Remember Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, when he was called by God, he said to God, no, no way, not me. I can do that. You're asking me to go redeem the people in Egypt? I can do that. Who am I? He was so scared. Think about Isaiah, as Alison has just said this morning. He cried, woe is me, for I am a man with unclean lips. No way, there is no way I can do that job. But also look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he came out and said, whoa, 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 hang on a minute, God, not me. I can't even speak. 
my English is not good. I cannot speak English. And you're sending me to go be a preacher to the English? You're joking now. For those of you who speak English as the first language, it's easy. But for some of us, we had a little bit of whipping in class to learn the English. Thank God nowadays they don't do whipping in Africa anymore to learn the English. Jeremiah said, I can't do it. I cannot speak. I am too young. Even myself, when the Lord called me, it was one excuse after another excuse. There is no way I can do this, God. I'm too shy. How do you expect me to stand in front of people and speak? I just can't do it. One excuse after the other. But you see, with all our excuses, God does not send us away to go and clean up and then come back. He calls us just as we are. He does the cleaning just as Marion's carpet is cleaned daily. So God cleanses us every day and he makes us into faithful disciples when we surrender to him in response to his call. Is God calling you this morning to be his messenger, to spread his message of love? Perhaps like Isaiah and perhaps like Peter, you feel unworthy. Hear the word of the Lord for you specifically this morning. Jesus is saying to you as you listen to me this morning, do not be afraid. When we feel we are inadequate for God's call, that is a good sign. It's a brilliant sign when you feel that you are inadequate for God's call because depending on God becomes your only option. And that is the only option to depend on God. It's like a man who works on a crutch. Every time he is sat down, he makes sure the crutch is next to him or her because he or she depends on that crutch to move. And if God is calling you, that's all what you need, a total dependence on him. For Isaiah, it was an affirming touch. But for Simon, it was an affirming call, a call to come. And Jesus said to him, from now on, you will be catching people. In that call, Peter acknowledged that he was a sinner, and Jesus indicated to him that he was just the kind of sinner that he was looking for, an obedient sinner, a sinner on his or her knees, an image of humility, an image of brokenness, an image of total surrender to God. That's the picture I want you to see this morning of Peter kneeling before God in brokenness. And Jesus said to him, you are the kind of sinner I'm looking for. After what was a fruitless night shift for them, Peter and his friends fished all night and caught nothing. And it was that morning when all hopes were gone. They were thinking of going home empty-handed that he encountered Jesus. Luke told us that they had worked all night, they caught nothing, yet he wasn't grumpy, he wasn't snappy like some of us. We are grumpy and when we're tired, when we're hungry. In fact, they say, a hungry man, he said what? The hungry man. I know somebody who is like that. Not me. When they're hungry. But look at his attitude. 
At the request of Jesus, he let the master use his boat as a floating pulpit to reach out to many people in the crowd. What have you got this morning that God can use to reach out to more people? Let him use your vessel, but perhaps most importantly, let him use you as a vessel to reach out to people. Again, look at his attitude. At the command from Christ, he was willing to unpack what was already packed away. He was willing to do what was unconventional. He was willing to step out of his comfort zone to fish during the day rather than the nights that he was used to. He was willing to fish in the deep rather than the shallow waters that he was used to. The ones that he was familiar with, he has to forsake them in obedience to Christ. He took counsel to go deeper from a carpenter, yet he was the expert fisherman. That's what I call obedience. The fact that Peter was willing to go out again after washing his net revealed the character that Jesus is looking for in you and me this morning, and that character is obedience. Peter and his friends, were they worn out? Yes. Exhausted? Yes. Were they tired like you and me after all the strain of COVID? Yes. But at the request from God to go back where they had been all night, to do what they did all night, something that defies common sense. Yet, though he was skeptical, he obeyed. And we know the result of his obedience, a massive catch of fish. Jesus stepped into Peter's world and turned things around. Let him step into your world this morning. Let him step into the world of your family today and turn things around. Where things have been difficult, where things have been under a strain of difficulty, let Jesus step into your family, into your home, into your life, and let him turn things around for you as he did for Peter. Peter least expected anything good that morning. His unsuccessful and fruitless night shift was blessed with an abundant catch. Jesus transformed it for him. He was blessed. Blessed with an abundant catch of fish that caused nets to break, boats to sink, and a catch that brought a whole fishing community together to share in God's abundance. What he struggled to achieve on his own, at the command of Jesus, he was able to achieve it. Amazed and perplexed, he broke down in surrender to Jesus. Jesus called him to be his messenger. Friends, God is still calling people today. Not just to go and be fishers of men and women, but as Charles Wesley puts it in that amazing hymn, a charge to keep I have, he said, I quote, to serve this present age, my calling to fulfill. This is our calling, all of us to serve the present age. We are called to use the gift that God has given unto us to share the good news of Christ in word and deed. We are called to be God's voice in our communities. As God has caught us in 
the deep wide net of his mercy and love, we are called to go and catch others, to put our hands out there, to protect, to guide, to embrace, to love, to care, but also to point people to Jesus Christ in whom our sins are forgiven. And as I conclude this morning, I invite you to think to think of how Charles and John Wesley responded to God's call, how their response changed Christianity across the world. What started as a small nicknamed Holy Club in Oxford has become a club of holy Methodist people all over the world. And if my friend Google is right, Google is not always right, isn't she? But if Google is right, according to the BBC Religious uh, uh, Report 2011, there were over 70 million Methodists around the world and a Methodist church in almost every country in the world. Isn't that incredible? Yes, it is. But it started with a Y-E-S. A yes. A yes to that one call that Charles and John Wesley heard from Jesus. And so this morning as I finish this message, as you hear the call of his kingdom, will you say yes to that one call to come and follow Jesus? And for those of us who responded to that call already, will you say yes to go deeper and deeper? with him in your faith. Amen.